0: Welcome to Vibes Revealed, a podcast dedicated to pulling back the veil around wellness with your hosts,
1: Taylor McKiska
0: and Jay Tolette.
1: We believe living well is for everyone
0: and no topic is taboo. Join us on our journey as we redefine what it means to be truly well in a modern world. We're celebrating everyday magic, but always keeping it real. Let's vibe.
1: Okay, here we are, episode five.
0: I can't believe we're at episode five. We're like fully podcasters now.
1: I know. It's exciting. It feels great. It feels great. (laughs) I really love it. So in today's episode, we are talking about love languages. But before we do, I kind of wanted to just do like a quick catch up because we haven't really talked in like a day. I know. (laughs) Like a, like a real talk, you know, like we we obviously like texted, but just like what's, what's been going on what's, what's happening.
0: Oh oh my gosh. I think after a whole summer of being really resistant to the idea that I need to be patient, suddenly like patience is coming so easily to me right now.
1: Mm, That's amazing.
0: And I've just been like on my own schedule, doing my own shit, not expecting anything in return. And I'm just like, things will come when they come. (laughs) Just, like, my attitude, like, it's very Virgo season, like, I'm, I'm driven, I'm organizing things, but it's also very, like, I'm chill, and it's weird to think that, like, I wasn't chill this summer. I was, like, kind of, like, in a panic attack all summer, and I'm only realizing now as summer's ending that I was, like, in that panic attack for so long, and I'm, like, oh, I feel better, so that's what's going on with
1: me. <laughs> Yes. I love that. How are you? I'm well. I realize that I have just, I've started a lot of things and I've gotten a lot of things going and I really need to finish them. Mm. Follow through has always been a challenge for me because I have a lot of ideas. I'm like a, I'm so full of ideas. And I think all of them are amazing. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to try that. I want to learn that. I also have like, when I see a course or a workshop, I'm like, oh yes, sign up. I, I want to learn that. Mm. Um, and so I've signed up for a bunch of courses and I've signed up for programs and trainings. And there are some of them that I just haven't finished. And now I'm like past the point of even being certified because I'm like, I missed the, the thing there's still a piece of me that's really resistant to any sort of like structured learning. And I like doing stuff online because I'm like, oh, I can do it at my own pace. And it feels a little freer to me. But at the same time, since I'm lacking the structure of in person and I get to like do the certification or like complete the assignment or go through like a verbal process in person, I am i don't feel like held accountable to finishing things. Yeah. So I have a bunch of stuff like that that's kind of just I feel like floating around me that's like uh, are you gonna finish this? I have like a renewed energy around finishing the shit that I've put into motion.
0: I love that. Honestly, I'm kind of the same as you, except like as soon I'll I'll pick up a bunch of stuff and sign up for a bunch of certifications and then literally forget that I ever signed up for them. So they don't even really have the capacity to like stress me out and remind me that I haven't completed them because I'm like, oh yeah, I signed up. Whatever happened to that, but it'll be like a year later that I'll be like, Whatever happened to that? And I'm like, oh, I guess I I guess I missed it. But I'm like, why don't these things like stay in my brain? I like, it's so like quick in one ear out the other. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) there goes, there goes that.
1: Totally. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. Or I do, I get these like big ideas for like projects I want to do or something I want to create. And then I start it and I do it like 94% of the way.
0: Oh my God.
1: And then the end, I'm just like, oh, it's done. but if It's not done. There's like still stuff that needs to happen for it to actually be done. So that's what's going on with me.
0: I mean, I feel like I'm finally moving out of that seven of pentacles energy. And like, I might be moving into, I'm still in some space of patience, but I'm just like, now I'm like, it's almost harvest season like I'm just kind of like oh these are the things that I'm tending but they're almost ready so I'm okay I'm okay dealing with it whereas like before I was like waiting for things to sprout and I feel like some things have sprouted and that feels nice um I like fall clothes but everything else about fall I've never liked I've never liked back to school season and I just associate it with like taking me out of where I want to be and putting me into like structure that I don't want to be in so now I'm trying to be like okay how can I place myself into a structure that I do want to be in like I'm creating a new work schedule for myself because I just cannot abide by other people's rules for my work I definitely feel myself this season being like write your own rules for having a job and being a businesswoman. so I guess that's where I'm at I love that Card of the combo. (laughs) Did you get a new deck?
1: Oh, I'm working with a new deck for September. This is a deck that I have had this relationship of sort of feeling like it's too serious. Like it's very, um, it has very like stodgy. It's like Saturn energy. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, you're the big boss. And you're going (laughs) to tell me, you know, the serious version of whatever's going on right now. And it's not going to be light and cute. And it's not going to be like holding me it's gonna be like listen bitch this is what's going on (laughs) and so I really avoid using it because I'm like oh oh, I know um but it's called the pagan Otherworlds deck
0: that does sound serious
1: yeah it's serious but it's it's (laughs) it's stunning it's gorgeous the art on it is very to me it's like very romantic Mm mm-hmm yeah, but this is the deck I'm using for September, and I feel good about it. I've done a few spreads with it now. I've kind of, like, gotten it back in my hands. I've, I've done some Reiki on it, talked to it a little bit, and just said, like, we're good. I don't hate you, even though I've ignored you for over a full year. Um, it's all love. It is all love. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm telling it. I'm like, it's all love for me, so hopefully you too. Okay, let's do it. Card of the Convo. We're working with our new our new deck this month. Yay. So, asking for something that we can ground into throughout this conversation, something we can come back to, something that it that may set the tone for us as we go into this chat. The magician reversed.
0: Oh my gosh. I've pulled that card for a couple of people this month. I like the Magician. I remember you pulled the magician reversed for me in the very beginning of the summer hmm and I forget even where it was but it just like felt like it was like a jump start to like getting organized in my business I mean and then I got really organized like I got too organized I went I swung the pendulum over a little too far but like <laughs> at the time you were like Jay you need to ground you need to lock into something and I was like okay and then I like really went for it. But now I just, I just love the magician reverse. Cause I'm always just like, it feels good to have someone tell you like, you might be doing too much. Like you don't need to do yes. so much. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. When I'm working with magician reversed, what always comes up is like collect your tools. Mm-hmm. It's like, you've been working in a messy room, you've got stuff all over the place. And even if to you it's organized chaos, there's something about it. That's not streamlining your process. Yeah. We have been throughout even just within this recording, like we have been all over the place, (laughs) and it's been like what 20 minutes, and we have like yet to stay on track. So, this is I think this is a very I will say this deck could have been harsher with us.
0: I mean, it totally could have been harsher, it could have been
1: really harsh. And Um, I think
0: it's so funny because, like, this is one of this conversation is going to be something like where we are we might be a little too comfortable. You know what right. I mean? Like we know, we didn't have to research anything before we, we, you know, like we are prepared to talk about this. So it's true. Things could get tangential. We could be bringing in too much shit. We could be going on like long life story tangents. And I feel like the magician reverse is like, Hey, don't
1: do too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it's like, stay here. It's like, collect your tools, mm-hmm. collect your stuff, keep your space organized, and efficient. I think of this all the time as, and this is what I said to you, when, when I'm working with Magician Reversed, or when we're talking about Magician Reversed, I always imagine this thing of like, anything you give energy to throughout the day, anything you give time and attention to throughout the day, imagine that you send like a little spider web out to it. And throughout the day, you cast all these different little strings, all these different little webs, and if you looked at the end of the day, how many webs would you have cast out to how many different things in how many different places? And do you have now just like a big, tangled, sticky, confusing mess? Or do you have a comfortable, well-constructed web of mm. things that you've given energy to? Mm. Anything magician reversed is like, your web's looking a little messy. Yeah, You might have given energy to a lot of different things and a lot of different places that don't necessarily get you to that well-built foundation yes
0: this is exactly what you said to me in the beginning of summer Yeah, like literally that was the conversation
1: yeah like how many webs are you putting out too many (laughs) too many same this this deck is gonna keep coming for me to be like finish your shit so we'll we'll try to we'll keep it on track today yeah we're sticking to love languages
0: We're not going to do too much. (laughs) We won't do too much. We will do our best not to do too much.
1: Yeah, we'll do our best to... I'm going to keep this magician reversed out for us.
0: Keep it out. All right. I'm ready.
1: I'm ready to love
0: love languages.
1: Same. I'm actually so excited. When we decided, like, okay, let's do love languages, I felt just so much joy. (laughs) It's something I feel really... I feel excited about, I feel like when people learn about their love language, it's like they've unlocked something, something that was always within them that then they could finally put words to.
0: I mean, for me, it's really actually interesting, like, (laughs) because as soon as we decided that we were going to talk about love languages, I've kind of been like confronting my own like serious intimacy issues, (laughs) like serious love issues. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, (laughs) I was like, this is... (laughs) And it was so funny. I was playing that game. We're not really strangers with my friend. Mm. And one of the questions is, what do you think about love? And she said she had played it with this guy she was seeing. And he was like, love's okay. (laughs) And I felt that so deeply. I was like, oh, it kind of is just okay for me. (laughs) Like I could, I could take it or leave it. Really, but that's like romantic love. I could take Mm -hmm. or leave romantic love, but like that's something that I really am excited to touch on that love languages extend far beyond just romantic love. And this is the conversation that you and me have been having for months now. Like our love language applies to our self-love, our love for our friends, our love for our family. It's not just about romantic relationships. So for anyone who's not in a relationship right now, me and anyone who it feels like maybe this might be polarizing. It's totally not. It all starts with the love for yourself and love language extends to that too. So totally. you're safe
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. I, so I was telling you before we started recording that I didn't really know about where the phrase love languages came from or how it became popular. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I was very surprised to find this out. I feel like I say this every episode, whatever I learn, (laughs) I'm like, I was shocked to learn this. (laughs) But I actually was shocked to learn this. So how love languages became popularized. And this has definitely evolved over time, but it was the book, The Five Love Languages, which was published in 1992, which I was like, that was actually a long time ago. That was the year I was born. I was born in 1992. And and I guess it's like, it's not something you p- probably hear about as a little kid very often. But like, I didn't hear the term love languages until I was probably like 25.
0: That's what I'm saying. I thought it got popular like two years ago. I thought the book was like from like the early 2000s, to be honest. I thought honest. it was
1: too. I thought it was from like the mid 2000s. I thought it was yeah, from I, like yeah. Like Also, I didn't know who wrote the book, and I don't know why I was assuming that it was some, like, uh, spiritual psychologist was what I had in mind, which I guess I'm not. It is a spiritual doctor who wrote the book, but uh, let me tell you about this. Okay. The book is written by Dr. Gary Chapman, who is a Baptist minister and, like, a religious radio host, and he is a doctor of philosophy, not to like discredit Dr. Gary Chapman but anything anything that i find out is like written by just like an old white man i'm like fuck that it's not real it's not legitimate we don't need it <laughs> throw away And then I was like, but this has been so useful to me. Love languages have been so useful to me when I discovered what they were. And I was like, okay, so I don't want to throw the whole thing away just because it was written by an old white guy. Um, So when I found it out, I had to just like confront my own biases about religion and about their legitimacy in adding to the conversation around like love and relationships. I was also really surprised to find out this book. There are like several versions of this book that he has co-written with other partners, but there is a version on love, love languages between parents and children, love languages specifically for teenagers, which I thought was really interesting. And also there's a version of this book that is just for men, but there is not a version of this book that is just for women.
0: Ooh, that's. Mm.
1: Mm, Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I thought too. And there's a version for single adults that does have. It's pretty much strictly to do with like romantic,
0: like finding romance. Yeah, okay. and
1: I I think that it is. It's like very heteronormative. Yes. In all of its, throughout the book, the language is like very very heteronormative, um, and the the genre of the book is technically self-help Christian literature which i also thought was really interesting
0: really interesting
1: yeah so that's the lens through which all versions of the book are written self-help Christian literature wow. and it did it put the whole thing in in kind of a different lens for me knowing that but i ultimately think love languages understanding love languages has been it has been really helpful for me to have them as kind of a foundation for explaining the ways I like to receive love and affection and also to identify the ways that I very naturally give love and affection. Yes. Yeah.
0: I would have guessed self-help, definitely. Christian literature, hilarious. And it does make sense why it feels like a restrictive topic when you're just talking about relationships and like how to find love and the self help of like how to find love, which I'm like vehemently opposed against, just because I'm just like, some people just don't want love. Some people think love is just okay. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. like romantic love. I mean, or what right. I wouldn't even, I guess, yeah, romantic love. But let's call it that. And so, but then that's why when I started to, to have these discussions with you about how. I'm like, oh, love language extends way beyond romantic love and beyond parental love. It's like self-love, I think. Let's talk, wait, let's let's take it back. Let's talk about the five love languages.
1: Yes, <laughs> let's tell them what the five love languages are. And I think you used this phrase and I loved it. It wants to be said that there are probably a lot more than five love languages.
0: We'll get to that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But these are the five as defined by the book and these five love languages, like if you do a quick Google search for love languages, this is what's gonna come up. So let's go through it. One, words of affirmation. Two, gifts. Three, acts of service. Four, quality time. And five, physical touch. So we're gonna go down the list and give a few examples of like what would fall under each love language. Right. So words of affirmation would be like a text telling someone really specifically things that they did well, that you like about them, things that are, you say it in words, you know, you write it,
0: you say it. Some people really need that like verbal support, you know, Mm. so low on my list. You could not tell me you love me for a year and I'd be like, that's
1: fine. (laughs) Words of affirmation, like it's important for people who that is their primary love language, affirmation is like you are affirming Mm -hmm. what is important to them. You are affirming their worth. You are affirming the things that they do and care about.
0: Yes, like saying, I see how hard you're working. Yeah, exactly. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate all that you're doing for me. You know, like they need to hear it rather than just be shown your, your appreciation. My sister is totally a words of affirmation person and they all, like she always, whenever someone comments on my work, like says something nice about my work, she'll screenshot it and send me a picture and she'll say, put this in your... And you're like, I forget what she calls it, but it's like a folder to remind yourself of how awesome you are. And I'm like, that doesn't do it for me. Like, it's like, I I love you. And I know that you love words of affirmation. So she often saves emails that people wrote her that had kind words, or she'll, she'll like take pictures of like reviews of how great she did. And for me, I'm like, if I read over those, it doesn't really do anything for me, but like, I'll make a
1: folder. Yeah. <laughs> The next one is gifts. I feel like gifts, it's like you don't you don't need an ex- example necessarily of like what a gift is, but I do think that it's something tangible. People who <laughs> gifts is their is their love language, their primary love language. It's like they like working with a like physical thing that someone can hold in their hands and like unwrap, you know. And I think
0: I think it's important. It is not to say that you're like a shallow person if gifts is your love language, because I think what you see through gifts is like, wow, this person knows me enough to know Mm -hmm. that this is something that I would have wanted. And so it's kind of like you're showing them your love by showing them that you've listened to everything they've said, everything they've ever talked about, and therefore know what they would want. And I think it's kind of like that feeling of like, I just want you to know what I, I need you know, like that is what you can show through giving a gift. So I think at first it feels kind of like it rubs people the wrong way to say like, oh, your love language is gifts, but it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be some huge thing that you bought. It's more like I'm giving you this token of my appreciation for you, you know, a physical token of my appreciation for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Acts of service.
0: This is my love language.
1: Yeah, it's mine too. Oh, this is, yeah. Acts of service, I think. I would define acts of service as <laughs> things like having dinner cooked for me or someone else just taking out the trash when it's full. Like, they see it's mm-hmm. full and they take it out. I love that. Or when, if someone else drives the car, if they fill up the tank mm-hmm. when it's empty. Like, I love stuff like that
0: i my ex my ex -ex ex-boyfriend i have a long string of ex-boyfriends and this will become very apparent when i start to have this conversation but one of my exes used to put air in my tires when like because i'd ride my bike to work and he'd just take the car to the gas station put air in my tires and be like I noticed your tires were losing pressure and that's something like I didn't even know we had to do that as like I didn't know that got done you know what I mean right. so the fact that someone else was willing to do it for me just because they noticed not because the mechanic said wow the pressure's so low that you might pop a tire on the freeway you know what I mean it was just yeah. like he noticed that the air looked a little bit low and he filled it up on his time without letting me know and just let me know later and to me that was like the best way to show love I was always oh, like yeah. In those moments, I was like, oh, like I felt so good. Because yeah. I knew I wasn't even going to do it for myself, you know? So sure. it, was, it was beyond service of like me asking you to serve me. It was very much like, I offer this to you without you even having to ask. And that's like my heart just so warms up from that I'm Mm.
1: sure there are ones that are not household related that's just like (laughs) nice things you do for someone but for me personally if you just like take care of stuff around the house
0: I mean yeah that is actually like a huge just like I my heart swells with that but yeah I think acts of service is just like when we put it in the frame of just like you showing show that you care by
1: doing yeah okay next is quality time Which I, as we were prepping for this podcast, realized this is the language I speak. Mm. Quality time is the language I speak when I love someone. Yeah. And when I want to show love, I do it through spending one on one or in a small group. Um, that's how I show love Mm -hmm. is by being with a person in a very tangible way. Yeah, I mean, and for me, like Zoom is tangible. Like if mm-hmm. someone or, or FaceTime catch ups, like I don't like to text. I don't want to text back and forth with someone. I will always, if someone's like, Hey, what's up? How have you been? I'm like, do you want to FaceTime or like, mm-hmm. do you want to zoom later this week? When are you free to catch up when we can spend like a full hour plus together? That's my go-to for like, I want to spend time with someone. I want to see someone quality time. I think is anything that, that you intentionally create space to do with someone else. Mm. Even if it's just like sitting and talking. Mm -hmm.
0: I think of quality time, like as like that feeling of just feeling good to know that someone is there, you know, Mm -hmm. like know that someone is there for you and wanting to be with you. And it kind of reminds me of like when you had like your first boyfriend in like middle school or something and you would just be on the phone together, but just put the phone down and go about your day Yeah, and then be like, are you still there? And just knowing that they're there for you and the time is held as like a container for you too, or like falling asleep on the phone and then being like, mm-hmm. are you still awake? I'm awake. And like trying to be there together, even if, if, if you weren't, that's like, to me, like such a quality time thing of just like, we want to be together all the time and we want to be in, in each other's space, even if we can't physically be or whatever that it may be.
1: Yeah. Okay. Next, physical touch. I think that this one is also really like, you don't need a ton of examples of physical touch, but if you are someone who is like, you like to hold hands or PDA is like your jam. You love to like kiss and cuddle and be close and touching. And I think that's this
0: one. This one's interesting for me. A lot of men have physical touch as their number one. And I think that a lot of us I like to speak to like the, don't get it twisted. Like don't be (laughs) judgmental because I think a lot of us would think, duh, it's because all men want is sex. But I don't think that at all. And I don't think that physical touch is even about sex. I really think that it's about like, there's some type of affirmation within the body where like for you to touch is to say, I want to be close to you. And being close to you makes me feel safe or or creates a space that I want to be in. And it is often like sometimes you see that couple where like a boyfriend just has the hand on her shoulder, you know, and it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm near you. I'm here with you. I'm touching you to let you know that I feel close to you right now. And it doesn't have to be something so intimate as like a kiss or holding hands or cuddling. It really can just be like physically I need bodily awareness that like we are together.
1: Yeah. I think of physical touch, too, with babies, of, like, babies need skin-to-skin time, you know? Yeah, I think touch is such a way that we bond. I think touch is something that it's this huge indicator of I'm comfortable with you, Mm -hmm. is when you feel like you can touch someone. Yeah. There is a wall that comes down with touch that I think is a little more potent maybe than some of the other languages.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny, because physical touch, I think, is my lowest one, <laughs> really
1: <laughs> we'll get to that it's it's I think it's
0: interesting because, um, I love physical touch. I'm like a very sexual person, and i I love like hugs, I give everybody hugs like i'm I'm very like into physical touch. I just don't view it as an indication of of love mm-hmm. I'm like I almost view it as like a this is a normal thing. Like I'm the type of person who is literally made out with every single one of her friends, (laughs) like girls and guys, you know what I mean? I just like love kissing people. Like, and I, it is kind of a way that I show love, but it's more of a way, like it's almost like platonic you know what I mean? I'm just like, I touch everything that I love. And like, I want to like, like, you know, everything that I like gets a touch, gets a kiss, gets a hug from me. And it's less like a way that I actually show like, I truly love you. And that's such like, the dip. I have so many friends that I love. (laughs) So many people that I I can include in my like, you're in my love circle, but then so very few people that I actually like, let in past like my emotional barriers where like, the real, like, love comes through, like, so many, so few people are able to, like, break through that. So it's interesting because so many people get my affection and my physical touch, but so few people get acts of service from me.
1: Okay. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. So. so those are some examples. Let's yeah. talk about, I, I'm, like, a very big believer that most people have, like, a language that they speak and a language that they receive. Yes, And I also think obviously there, we all use all of these languages at some point, Mm -hmm. but that was a big realization I had this week was like, oh, there is definitely my language that I speak and my language that I receive are different. They're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And the book is, is primarily focused on the language that you speak. Yeah. Because there's like a test you can take. You can take a test online uh, that will, you do like a little quiz and it tells you what your love language is. And I realized I was answering that for the language I receive. Mm-hmm. I was not answering that for the language I speak. Yeah. So I think when you take that test, maybe keep that in mind when you're, when you're decide, you know, like. I think, like, yeah. Cause that was how I naturally took it was like, Oh, I like to get this. I like to feel this. It wasn't like what I do. It wasn't like, oh, Totally I react to things. So, I want
0: to go retake it with the, what I do. I'm not even sure what the language I speak is.
1: What's your language that you receive? What's your primary love language?
0: Acts of service. Yeah. A hundred percent far and beyond. Like, it's funny. I often talk about how, like, I think I would prefer to be in a long distance relationship. So like physical touch, out the window gifts i mean unless you want to like send gifts are pretty low like unless you want to like send me something in a package like that's kind of extreme but just like i just think like i just love to have people do things for me i think that it would like really help me out when i need help and it just feels really good to know and on top of that i think the language i speak is also acts of service Mm -hmm. like i will do your laundry for you i will cook a meal for you i will whenever i go somewhere. I'm like, do you need anything while I'm out? Like, and that's my way of being like, I'm willing to go out of my way for you. And I think that is the language that I speak to. I know what language I don't speak romantically is words of affirmation. And it's, (laughs) I have to remind myself
1: Mm. to.
0: And I think my ex, my more recent ex needed words of affirmation. And that was just not something that I ever gave. So after a while, I started putting a reminder in my phone, just being like, say one reason why you love him. <laughs> just oh, let him know. And i like reminded myself every day at 2, on, at 2 p.m. because I'm just so bad about it. With friends, I'm like the type of girl who like gasses people up and is like, yeah, I'm here to support you. You're great. You're awesome. But like in my romantic relationships, it's definitely more just like I'm out here doing. And like if you don't receive that as like, love from me, then you're probably not going to feel that much love because I'm not offering many of the other ones either.
1: (laughs) So if you had to, if you could put them in order, what would you like go from your like most, most used to least used?
0: Mm -hmm. Acts of the me giving yeah, or me receiving?
1: You giving.
0: Okay. So my top one is acts of service. Next is quality time. Next is... Probably physical touch, then words of affirmation, then gifts. Mm. I'm really bad about giving gifts. Oh it's my gosh, hard. I'm
1: so bad about it. <laughs> I am so, I am maybe the world's worst gift giver. <laughs> if you are a person who loves, if you're close to me and you, if, and gifts is your love language, you got to let me know. Because I, I'm like, I spent time with you. That's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> my presence is a present. I always like, that's my mindset. I think for me, a lot of times it comes down to like, not just that I spent time and my presence as a present, but I kind of feel like anytime I spent money, that sort of takes the place of gift for me. Like if we went out to dinner or Mm -hmm. we did something else that costs money to me, like that was the gift. And I know that For people who love gifts, like, it's not the same. So that's just something that I kind of need to work on. Yeah, but I just, like, it doesn't come naturally to me to give gifts. I don't think about it as something. And it's, like, it's not that I don't know this person, but, like, I know I like to receive very practical gifts. I don't really want stuff in my house that I'm not going to use. Like, I love little trinkets and tchotchkes and stuff like that, but that's all stuff that I get myself. And this is yeah. stuff but yeah, with gifts, I'm like, it won't be at the top of my list to get someone a gift, especially if we did spend time together or we did something to mark the occasion. Like, if there was some other celebration that took place, gift-giving is not at the top of my mind, mm-hmm. you know? I feel that. But if you're like, no, gifts is my love language and I would rather you get me a gift than come on the trip or I would rather you get me a gift than come out to dinner with me, then, like, for sure. I'm so happy to do that. But, you like, let me know what you want because I don't know.
0: Maybe we shouldn't talk. Maybe we should have a guest (laughs) that, like, actually, like, loves the language of gifts because we're not speaking it right now.
1: (laughs) Truly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tell us if you're a... An expert on gift giving, and we'll interview you on this podcast. Yes. You can teach us how to be better gift giver. How to like find more grace in it? Because we we're just like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even gonna. I'm just gonna show up at your baby shower empty handed with just <laughs> my love. So.
0: I'm like, here's your three dollar bottle of Trader Joe's wine. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I put a bow on top of it. I'm like, the bow costs more than the bottle of wine, but that's fine.
1: (laughs) That's how it goes. That's truly how it goes sometimes. What's your your order? Okay. My order that I give is for sure quality time. I really value spending time one-on-one with people in person, talking to them, being with them. My second is words of affirmation with my friends. I want to comment on their stuff or like respond to their stories or text them and just keep them updated. Or if they put out something I think was really cool, like I'll, I'll text them and let them know, like, I think this is so amazing that you did this. I love it. Then probably acts of service, which also I think I do res- reserve acts of service for special moments. If I'm in a relationship, I'm really attentive to that person. I'm much more attentive to my romantic relationships than I am to my friendships or to my family relationships. And that is something that I want to be better about because it wasn't really something I noticed until pretty recently. Then probably physical touch, which is pretty low on the list. I'm not naturally very affectionate. I'm not a hugger. Like Mm -hmm. I don't hug people. And when someone wants to hug me, I'm always like, okay, like, uh, um, (laughs)
0: You always accept my hugs.
1: Yeah, I and I think too. I can kind of sense now when someone is affectionate, and I know that that's how they communicate. I'm really I'm receptive to it, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not the first thing I think of when I see someone is like, oh, I want to hug you. Mm. Uh, My last one is gifts. I told I'm terrible with gifts. I'm so bad at it. I'm like maybe a little stingy with my money about. And I like that you brought up that gifts don't have to be something that's like expensive or it's just sort of that, like, I know you and I know what you like. And I thought this reminded me of you. So I want to give this to you Mm -hmm. because I know that you'll like it, but also like no shade. If you love gifts. I mean, gifts are great.
0: And it is. And when I do receive a very thoughtful gift, like it brings tears to my eyes Mm -hmm. because, wow, you really thought of me. But most of the time I just want kitchen supplies. Honestly, I'm just like, get me a new appliance I want to right now I'm into a food processor if you want to give me that like that's like huge on my list but like to me that is an act of service because it aids me in being able to carry out what I like to do um you know without like getting in my way in the kitchen which I'm is not my love language I'm like get the fuck out of my way
1: (laughs) yeah it is really funny To to think about how our love languages evolve and the things that we, that were very familiar to us as kids and like the way that our families expressed love or the way that when we did start having romantic relationships, the ways that we would naturally like give and receive love in those romantic ways for the first time. It's really interesting to think about because mine has definitely changed as I've gotten older. And the things that were demonstrated to me were, I honestly don't think I could think back to like, a single one of these being like very clearly demonstrated as like, oh, I know that this is my parents' love language.
0: I think, I, I think words of affirmation has always been huge in my household. Yeah. And I'm just like, not received. <laughs> like, Thanks, but I don't need that. I'm like, I think it's always been the way that my family shows love. Um, not that I say uh, that, not that I haven't felt love for my family, but I think like, we're just big on like, gassing each other up and just talking about how special each other are and i'm just kind of like but what is this doing for me it's like i don't i think um i don't know i think i've always just kind of been like yeah i know i'm cool you know like i I don't really need someone to tell me that um which is interesting because i still like i have moments where like i i feel like i have low self-esteem um and i think sometimes that's kind of like what drives us to need affirmation to to remind ourselves that like we we are great. Mm-hmm. Um but I just think in the moments when I have low self-esteem, nobody can say anything that's going to pull me out of that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um I think that if pe- when people respond to my acts of service with words of affirmation, then it, it does something for me. If people are like, wow, you really helped me by doing that for me. Thank you. Then I'm like, oh yes, I had a positive effect on their life. Now I feel good. you know. Yeah. So it's weird because it, it kind of is words of affirmation, but it's more just like affirming that they appreciate my acts of service. <laughs> so yeah. I,
1: I don't know, it's tangled up. Yeah. Actually, I take that back about things not being demonstrated in my house. Quality time was A hundred percent the love language that everybody spoke to each other. And I think still is the things that my parents value most. Mm. And I think that's also why gifts is really low on my list because like, as soon as I could, because like I said, I've always been very like picky and independent. Like I chose my own Christmas gifts and birthday gifts from the time I could like sit at a computer
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: when online shopping became like the thing I, I was, and my parents got divorced when I was six I made Christmas lists by sending links to them <laughs> of what I wanted. And I knew exactly what I was getting. Yeah. For both of my parents, for, for my birthday and Christmas, my whole life. That's always how it's been, is like, tell me exactly what you want so I can get you exactly what you want. Yeah. And there was, uh, as I've gotten older, my dad does, like, he loves to surprise me. And mm-hmm. I think it's so cute, the things that he thinks are, like, And my dad has gotten me some extremely useful gifts. He knows I like stuff that's really practical that I'll use in my house, but decorative things, he, like, doesn't fuck with that. He's like, I'm not going to get you any decorations. Like, I know you like what you like. But, yeah, gifts was always, like, you choose, send me the links, tell me exactly what you want, exactly the size, exactly the color, whatever. So that's kind of how if someone wants something, they've got to tell me like that yeah Um, but quality time was we were always pretty big about having dinner together like sitting at the table having dinner at you know whether it was at the end of the day or whenever we could and also me and my mom would sit at my dining room table once i got into like uh when i started middle school i could walk to school Mm -hmm. and i would sit with my mom every single morning at our dining room table and have coffee. And I did that like in middle school. Yeah. And through high school, like (laughs) I did it every single day. That was like, that was where we would like catch up. And Mm -hmm. still, when I go home, when I go home now, we do it at the beginning of the day, we like sit and have coffee together. And then we do it at the end of the day with like, she'll have a glass of wine or like, we'll share it. We'll, we'll each have a glass of wine. And we just like sit, my dining room table is just like the zone where you just like hang out and sit and chill. We did not do that in my family. Really? Quality time was not up on the
0: list. Like the dining room table gets sat at twice a year, maybe three times, depending on if we're like celebrating the holiday at home. <laughs> but it's like, um, it doesn't get used. And then we just like, we never ate dinner together. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't like, it's dinner time. It was like, dinner's ready, bring it to your room. Like that's like, very much like how we were. Like we all had TVs in our room. Like it was just like, there was no like the family room room. The family room is a decorative room that has instruments in it and nobody sits in it. Like, it's just funny. We just, we, quality time was not a thing for us.
1: Yeah. When I got into college, I did, I like recreated that same thing with my college roommate. Our dining room table was like our zone, and it was where we, it was like the main place that we hung out in our house. That's
0: so cute. That's funny. Because, yeah, now quality time is big for me, but it wasn't growing up and maybe that's me compensating. I would love to be the type of person who, like, I, like, yeah, when I'm in relationships, I'm like, dinner's ready, let's sit together and eat it. And I, and I like to eat dinner at the table. Like, I don't like to eat dinner in front of the TV or um, that kind of thing. It was always nice to just like, and I like the time that goes into, like, I always liked it when like I was cooking and then my boyfriend would just stand next to me and talk Mm -hmm. to me, not offer to help because it stressed me out to delegate the tasks. I'd rather do it myself, but like, just like him being around while I like cooked. And then we sat down and ate together. I always like, treasured that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is thinking about that's, that was where I came to the realization of that. Like my love languages were different with- different. Cause I still think of that as like, that is quality time is the, is the primary way I like to receive love from my family and from mm-hmm. my friends. I would rather plan like, Oh, let's go sit at a park together and catch up for an hour than like, or like, let's go on a hike and catch mm-hmm. up or let's do, you know, let's like go to a place and be together. And that's, that is, that's quality time. And that's what I love to do with my friends and family. But In a romantic relationship, and I also think it's so fascinating to me to think about the sort of like romantic patterns we developed as kids. Mm -hmm. Like when you first had a crush or when you had your your first relationship, those really were so different from my love language with my family, and they've changed as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. With my high school boyfriend, we wrote each other notes, paragraph long texts. We were always like, we talked all the time. I cannot even fathom talking to someone that much now. Yeah,
0: it's too much.
1: <laughs> it's wild, but it was so sweet. It was so cute.
0: I think a lot of teenagers need words of affirmation. Yeah. They're looking to like find their place. And if they need you to be like, you're in the right place, you know, like that's so grounding for a teenager who just feels like all over the place all the time, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I have a funny
1: story. Okay, tell me.
0: <laughs> I love this story and I think it segues into a good question. So one time me and my sisters, I have three older sisters and we were talking about love languages. We have like a little like group chat <laughs> and we were all like, what's your language? What's your your love language? And one of my sisters didn't know what the five love languages were. She she just assumed, you know, you have context like love language. You just she just assumed that it was it was your language of love. And she goes, my love language is equity. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, first of all, guess what her sign is?
1: Oh, she's a Capricorn.
0: No, she's a Libra. What? Oh, equity. Okay, she's like sucks. justice and balance. And she <laughs> she's like, my love language is equity. And we were like, that's not even one of the love languages. And we all started cracking up. But it got me thinking like, my love language might be, it might be equity it it's not but like my like it got me thinking what would be my love language if I weren't confined to and I Mm. especially like this question because it was a white male heteronormative situation that created these it's like what is your love language if you were just to make up love languages or what would your top three be Taylor's love languages.
1: I'm gonna have to think about this for a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's worth a think. I can show you mine. I'll show you mine. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, tell me. Because I I've thought about it since, and it's not so much equity. Like my sister, when she said equity, she's like, I like to see that my husband has the same amount of food on his plate as I have on my plate, even though I know he eats more than me. Like she truly just like justice, you know. And she's Mm -hmm. also a lawyer. It's just kind Mm -hmm. of like it just so makes sense about her. And that's not quite me. Because like I don't I don't need that level of equity, but what I do need, which it creates very difficult situations and relationships for me, I recognize that like this is something that I need to work through. I need like if I'm doing something for you, this is what I expect in return. And it's not and it's not actually like I filled your tires with air, so you have to fill my tires with air. It's more just like, I'm showing you acts of service because I want acts of service. So like, I'm going to be mad if I keep showing you acts of service and you keep giving me words of affirmation because mm. I'm I'm like, I don't want those. You know what I mean? And like what I really want in a relationship is someone to recognize that I'm giving to show you love and therefore you can show me love by giving to me like giving acts of service to me, you know? And yeah. I, I get to this point where it's like, people are always like, Jay, you can't just expect people to read minds. And I'm like, but I'm not asking them to read my mind. I'm asking them to read my actions. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it is a problem. It's problematic. It's caused a problem in every relationship I've ever been to. People acting like I'm trying to have them read my mind. I'm like, if you just read the writing on the wall, I make you dinner every night. I ask you what you need every time I go to the grocery store, and you've never even grocery shopped for us. You know what I mean, like. And grocery shopping always comes up, even though it's my favorite thing to do. I just wonder why nobody wants to like do it for me or come with me to the grocery store. That Mm. to me is like I love that. I love when someone's like, "I'll come with you." It really like warms my heart. But so it's like it's not so much equity but it's more just like justice mm. my love <laughs> you know like i don't know how to yeah, describe it i
1: feel like it's it's reciprocity
0: yes that's my love language yeah. Reciprocity. Oh my God, that, you nailed it. That's what it yeah, is.
1: It's almost like mirroring.
0: Yes. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah. I want someone to mirror me. And then I think people are like, you can't just expect people to be exactly like you. Or I think, I mean, I forget what I heard. It was something that like, it really slapped me across the face because I was like, oh, that's what I do. But it was something like, you can't expect the love you give to be like the love that you receive in return. And I was like, oh, I expect that. It's caused a lot of problems for me. It's like probably why I'm single now, which I'm fine with it. It's like, it's like this is not a touchy subject for me to like talk about why I'm single because I know it's all me. I could totally be in a relationship if that's what I wanted, but like I don't want that, you know? So like I'm kind of like, it's fine. I should probably learn how to be less demanding of people or I don't even know what the word is. Like I should learn to expect less from people just as a function of like them being in an entanglement with me. But I don't know.
1: Oh my gosh, I don't think that at all. And obviously I'm going to say this with like all relationship advice from anybody, even a whatever relationship expert, I really think it should be taken with like a grain of salt unless you're like in a session. So whatever relationship stuff I'm about to spout, like take it with a grain of salt but i don't think there's anything wrong with just asking someone to be obsessed with you <laughs> i don't i'm like maybe that's crazy of me but that's what i want like i don't want i don't want anything where the person's like kind of interested or like th- thinks I'm, thinks I'm asking for too much. Like if they think I'm asking for too much, they're not the person for me, but that's honestly, (sighs) I've, I've almost never had it happen where I asked for something specific and my partner didn't give it to me. And I think that that happens a lot in relationships where it's like, we don't ask. Yeah. That's my problem. But it's like, if I just come in and I'm like, this is me this is what I want can you do this for me right now it it's never happened that someone was just like no or maybe it's happened a a handful of times and that was just sort of the like I don't think this is gonna work like Mm. we're not there's something about us that's not aligning if you're just saying like oh I can't meet this need you have yeah yeah I'm talking emotional needs here also. Like I mean having your emotional needs met if you ask your partner for something and you really state to them and you're coming from this vulnerable space like this is an this is an emotional need I have and I'm just asking you to meet that I'm asking if you can meet this emotional need and I don't think there's ever anything wrong with that. Like it's never it's never too much to ask for having your emotional needs met. Definitely. Yeah,
0: And I think that's actually a really good distinction to make because that's where love language, that's the language of love languages, you know? It's like, this is how my emotional needs are met. This is what I need to receive from you. And if you can't speak that language, then it probably won't work,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. When I'm first dating someone, it's like, oh, now I just get to tell you all the things that are amazing about me. And like, (laughs) I hope that you're obsessed with them. (laughs) I
0: mean, okay. I really feel that. I actually, I was in a long string of relationships. I was in a relationship, in a long-term relationship from the age of 23. I would, I would even say 22 all the way until last year when I was 29. And all of my boyfriends were very obsessed with me. And I think it's like, I, it's, it's like, that was a requirement that I had, but I also like felt that it was overwhelming for me and that I could not handle it. And that I like needed to like push it all away when after about two and a half years, when it's (laughs) kind of my like expiration date on things. Um, and I, so I'm like, is that Really, something I want like someone to be like really obsessed with me, or do I want someone to be like be obsessed with me but like not say it too much and and not like be in my space too much but like also want to spend I like a lot of contradictions honestly, I don't know what I want and that's why I'm kind of just like you should stay single because like there nothing really nothing really it doesn't hurt for me to be like mm, I'm single right now and this feels pretty good like relationships honestly have always been like a source of stress for me Mm. because like I expect a lot out of my partner and I expect a lot out of myself. My mother called me long suffering. I've brought this up before, but like I will be so hard on myself to like be the type of woman that I would want the reverse man version of. But it's like, do you really want someone who's literally suffering all the time, trying to like do too much for you? And like, and I'm like, no, maybe that's not quite what I want. So, like, it's clear that I'm confused. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but I think, like, I think I've always been the type of girl who, like, meets someone on a Tuesday and has a boyfriend by Saturday. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very much like it's a rush. It's a mad race to whatever it is that we were getting to. And it's always really fun. And it's always really loving at first. And it's always just what I think I want. And then like it takes me a solid two years to be like, oh wait, I don't want to do this. This is not me. Like, so I'm trying to like figure out like what is the love language that I need to feel like I want to like do this for longer than two and a half years, you know? Yeah. Haven't figured that out yet. But I feel like it's like as soon as I figure out the way that I want to give love and it's like nourishing for me and not taxing on me and not like, because that's how it's felt in the past. I'm just like, wow, I'm given a lot. And now I feel drained and emotionally spent and just like, this is too much and it's too much to handle. And then my, and then my emotions all just like shut off. There's like a day mm-hmm. when I'm just like, great. Now I don't feel anything and that's like a scary point to be in especially when you're like living with someone and you're all caught up in all the shit. god i hope they don't hear this you know if they do it's like they knew like this is what i told them i was just like one day i woke up and it's not that i don't love you but it's just i really don't want to do this i really don't want to be in this relationship and i don't want to put expectation on you and i don't want to put expectation on myself So I just would rather be done with it. That's the point that I've gotten to in every relationship I've ever been in.
1: (laughs) Relationships are, I yeah, I think that it is. It's like when we talk about relationships, there's really not a one size fits all thing. And I think it's the same for love languages. Like there is not, you know, we have these five languages that have become popularized and we know how to speak to them, but there is not like a one size fits all type of relationship or situation or love language. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's just like everything. It's on a spectrum and it evolves. And I think like our our relationships evolve as we do. We have different needs. We have different things that feel good to us at different times. Uh I also think that one of the biggest fallacies that we hear about relationships is that you have to love yourself first to find a partner who is going to love you how you should be loved. I think that that is just an awful thing that we tell people and I don't think it's true. I think like of course it's important to love yourself and of course it's important to embrace the things that you are, but when I was single and not that my relationship now is like set in stone. I obviously believe that like he's the one and I think we'll be together forever. Like I I definitely believe that, but also like I'm gonna change. I'm gonna evolve. I'm gonna need a different language at a different time. But aside from all that, when we first met, I was a disaster. I was very newly single. I had been single for like a month. I was literally living out of my car. Everything I owned was in my car. I was couch hopping. I was like, had moved out of, from my ex's place. And I was like staying with a friend and staying with random strangers and like sleeping with random guys and just like having the most wild time of my life, completely untethered. And it wasn't, I didn't feel like I loved myself. I definitely wasn't treating my body well. I was doing tons of crazy shit. But at the same time, I was discovering this new level of independence. I was feeling really excited about my future. I had no idea what I was doing. And When I met Joey, I just felt seen. I felt safe. Mm -hmm. I had never laughed that much in years. And like that, we've been together for five years now. And also the way that our relationship evolved, it happened so fast. It's everything people tell you not to do. I moved Mm -hmm. in with him after like a month. Mm Mm-hmm like fully moved in. I, I moved my stuff into his apartment and we lived together after like a month of knowing each other. I met his mom like two weeks after we met and it was like everything just happened. And it, it was all the things that people would say, like, don't do this. This is a disaster for a relationship. You have to, you have to learn about yourself first. You have to love yourself first. I've learned so much about myself with the support of this person who knew me at my lowest, at my wildest at my most ungrounded time. And he saw something that he loved in me too. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's just like, as it, is it very fortunate for me that that's how it played out? Absolutely. And I feel like extremely grateful that that's how this partnership has evolved. But I also think that it's so possible like if you feel like you don't know yourself or you don't love yourself all the way, that doesn't mean that you're unworthy of someone else loving you because they might see something in you that is so who you are and then you get to experience that. Totally. Through their eyes. Yeah. I
0: can yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think it's very dangerous for me to speak on relationships <laughs> because <laughs> Always go super south, but every relationship I've ever been in has moved very fast. And every time that I've entered into them, I haven't felt like um I've like particularly like loved myself and like been where I wanted to be with self-love but leaving every single one of them, I definitely have felt the growth and have felt more self-love than when I entered. And I think that I attribute that to those relationships, teaching me about myself and teaching me about what I wanted, even if it wasn't that, unfortunately, like I've I've made progress with every relationship that I've ever been in. I definitely don't think that like you have to love yourself first, but I do think that you have to know the ways in which you would like to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think then you see someone loving you the way that you would want to love yourself. And then you're like, okay, this is my teacher. He's showing me what I have wanted to give to myself for a long time. And so I can learn from him or her, whatever, whoever, whomever, you know? But I think that's why it's interesting to talk about... um, not only the love language that we give, but the one that we receive. Because I think about all the ways that I've wanted to give love to myself, definitely acts of service. Mm. Like I'm giving acts of service to other people, but it's like, I have to take time to take care of myself. Otherwise, shit goes completely out of control like self-care to me is so important in my journey to escape depression and anxiety in my journey to figure out what I want to do with my life it's I've never been able to like put my nose to the grind it for for the sake of a reward. Like, I feel like that's kind of like when you're going into the corporate world, like you, the gift is your promotion and you will work hard to get that gift. And that has never resonated with me. I don't give a shit if you give me a promotion or not, you know, but it's like always like, how does this serve me? Like acts of service, like how does this job bring joy into my life or or give me something that I need to feel like I'm filling up my cup? And so I feel like, even when I'm thinking about just like needing that and finding that in a person and then reminding myself, Oh yeah, this is something that I have to give myself to. I have to give myself these acts of service. I have to take time to do these morning rituals and care for myself outside of like starting my day. There's so many ways that I do need to give myself the same love that like I'm looking for in a romantic partnership or in a friendship Um, And it's good to have your relationships be that reflection for you.
1: Totally. Do you think that's the, your self-love language? Acts of of service?
0: service? Oh, for sure. Like it's the acts of service. They look a little different (laughs) because I'm not doing household tasks for myself. I'm not cleaning up my own room. You know what I mean? But just like often asking myself, like, is this, is this, are you doing this for you? Or are you doing it to please everyone else? The, the acts of service for me are the things that I choose to do truly because I'm doing them for myself. And it's almost feels, I think a lot of people get in that position where it feels selfish to want to like do things for yourself and you have to remind yourself like, no, this is the only way that I'm going to remember that I do love myself. If I'm willing to not always listen to what everyone else is telling me to do, what else is right, what's good for them, you know, like, and I do get caught up giving too much away, giving too much service to other people's like, you know, like going above and beyond even my means, you know, where I'm like, Ooh, I'm actually fully depleted. My cup's empty and I'm still trying to give. Ooh, never works out. So yeah. I mean, that is my self-love language. What is your self-love language?
1: I actually think that it is quality time i was gonna say this too when we were talking about like if you could just create a love language like what would it be and with that same sort of like i want my partner to be obsessed with me it's that i want them to be obsessed with all of the things that i am and one of the big things that i am as a person who needs space Mm-hmm. And I want them to love that about I want them to be yes. like, yes, I love that you need your own space because I do too, because I have my own passions and projects and things I need to work on. But quality time with myself, it's something that I need and I value. And I I love to spend time just doing the things that I like to do alone. Mm-hmm. Back when coffee shops were like a thing, I loved going to a coffee shop by myself bringing my book, ordering a cappuccino, and just like chilling. I sit out on my balcony by myself and read. I love to have my, my mornings where I do my coffee ritual that I'm just like alone, and I don't talk to anybody. I'm not like engaging with anything. I'm just by myself, When I work out, like that's quality time to me Mm -hmm. is like, I'm doing this for me. I'm spending time with myself. I'm getting comfortable in my body. Like it feels really special. And I think that it's so, it's really important to me. Having my own space is super important to me. And even when I am partnered, even when I am spending a lot of time with family, with friends, whatever, like I always need that time to be alone.
0: This is bringing some... something interesting up for me. I think like a lot of times we talk about like finding like motivation or, or finding ways to be consistent in our practices mm-hmm. of self-love and self-care and always the suggestion for motivation is like find your why. Mm. It's funny because what you just described I need for myself too. I just call it acts of service for myself. you know what I mean? And you call it quality time. So it's like maybe even the way that we're speaking about these things that we're doing for ourselves changes how we relate to the love that we're giving ourselves. And it's like, just remind yourself, like for me, working out, that's an act of service to myself, to my body. I'm like, Jay, you got to put in the work on this body because you're going to be happy later. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to be excited when like you notice that you can you know, do more squats than you could last week. And like, that's acts of service. But to you, it's just quality time with yourself. And it's just like, maybe if you have trouble working out, just remind yourself if, if quality time is your love language, be like, Jay, spend some quality time with yourself on your mat. You know what I mean? And it might yeah. change the way you feel about working out or whatever it is that you're trying to do for yourself that you can't seem to find the motivation to do.
1: I love that we just got to kind of like talk really freely on this and talk about all the ways that love languages can come through, how we receive them, how we use them, how we speak them. I think that this is a conversation that could just go on forever. Yeah. And it's something that I never get sick of hearing about from other people. When the conversation of love languages started happening with my friends, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, please tell me how you like to be loved. Yes. Yes. I think that that it's just an invaluable conversation that we can keep having. And as, as our love languages change, we get to, you know, keep exploring that with each other. And, uh, especially if there's, if you're having a moment of feeling like, I don't know how to love myself or mm-hmm. I don't know what I need right now. I think even just talking about it with the people who love you is like a great, a great way to start engaging in, in that what is what is love? What does it look like? Yeah. You know. And like yeah,
0: talking to people or just like noticing the last time that you felt love from someone else
1: mm-hmm. and being
0: like how is a way that I can give that to myself?
1: Yeah. Or noticing the ways that you give love to other people all the time, yeah. the space that you give to other people, the ways that you allow them. I think that's, we allow the people we love space. We allow them growth. we we allow them much more room than we allow ourselves. Oh, yes. And so I think that even if you start noticing like, okay, what's the way that I say, I love you. Can I give that back? Can I pull that back into me? Can I say, I love you to me in that way?
0: Mm. Yeah, I love this. It gets so convoluted, but like, I mean, it's like, even I'm listening and I'm like, this is complicated, but it's like, it's not that complicated, you know? Yeah. It's like self-love, radical self-love, mm. let's call it, just seems like such an impossible feat for so many of us we think like, how can we possibly give that to ourselves? And I'm like, how is it that we are out here giving love to so many people in so many ways, and we don't think that we can give it to ourselves? You know, it's hard to think of how hard we are on ourselves.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it brings
0: me sadness. And I'm like, let's like, really just get back to loving ourselves. It always the conversation always comes back to that. But especially with these love languages, like like you said, it's so important to like have these conversations with other people and then like really have this conversation with ourselves. And it's like, yeah. how can I fill my cup? How can I feel love for myself so that it's easier for me to give and receive love in the end? And I think, yeah, you don't have to love yourself to find yourself in a relationship where you're able to give love, but it's so much easier when you do, you know, it's so much easier when you do love yourself and then you're like, Oh, I feel better about this. You know, like it just feels lighter.
1: Yeah. Well, let us know what your love language is. Yeah. Let us know the language you speak. Let us know the language you receive. Let us know if you speak a different love language with your friends or family than you do with your partner. I would love to keep having this conversation.
0: Let us know if you have a different love language than the five that are listed in Absolutely. this heteronormative book. Yeah. <laughs> this Christian self-help book.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you're like, I don't vibe with any of these love languages, that is not the love language that I use. Please let us know. Yeah. Okay. Should we? What's the vibe?
0: What is the vibe? I have an You have to go first.
1: Okay. My vibe this week. It's a very silly, simple vibe, but I am so into them. I'm wearing them right now. It's my new glasses chain. I love it. It's my vibe. I think glasses chains are so cute and mark my words, going to be a huge trend. I believe it. I want to order a custom glasses chain. I found this really cute Etsy shop that does like custom beading where they'll do like You know, they'll like spell stuff out on the chain. And I think I'm going to get one.
0: But so, Taylor.
1: I think that, I just think it's so cute. I think it's so cute.
0: It's really cute. I've noticed this for the past two calls. I'm like, this is like a really cute look. And I just love it.
1: It's so my vibe. Wait, should I, I forget also, like if you're a listener- if you're just like purely listening to this podcast. So I put this little chain on my glasses. That's this like rainbow beaded chain. I have a very thin like gold wireframe round glasses. And I originally bought this chain to be like a mask chain uh, for like, you know, a face covering Yeah. that if I were going to be taking it on and off could just like hang around my neck. But honestly, I don't even leave my house. And so I'm not <laughs> really wearing my mask because I'm just in my house all the time. Um, so I put this chain on my glasses instead and it is just the cutest, cutest thing. And I'm obsessed with it.
0: Like, I think we need to bring back alternative accessories. You know what I mean?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm. Who
0: said you could only wear necklaces and earrings?
1: Who said? Who said? I don't wear any of those. I don't, I'm not like a jewelry person because I can't, I get like, uh, I get itchy. I'm, I'm like allergic to a lot of metals, which is so annoying. Cause I think jewelry is so cute, but like, I don't wear earrings. I don't wear rings. I don't wear necklaces I I do very rarely. And then I want to take them off the whole time they're on. But this, I like, don't even feel it. Totally. So cute. So if you're vibing, get yourself a glasses chain. It's going to change your whole relationship with your glasses.
0: You heard it here first.
1: Yeah. they starting a trend. It's going to be a huge trend.
0: I believe it. It's a really cute look. It's like chic. Okay. My vibe. Mm. Oh man, this is hard. Oh, I guess my vibe right now is my morning ritual Mm. and it's back. I mean, I talked about it in the beginning of the call, but like it's back and it feels really good right now. I'm just doing breath work for 20 minutes in the morning, then meditating for 15 minutes and then having a little bit of an intuitive, you know, check-in. Sometimes with my tarot deck, sometimes with the Akashic Records. And then I just go drink a bunch of beverages. And sometimes they're the only beverages I drink all day because I'm just really bad at drinking water. So it's like I drink some lemon chia water. I drink hot lemon water. I drink some some adaptogens, like usually some type of mushroom blend. And then I work out. And that's how I start my mornings. And it's been feeling really good. And um, I feel like maybe, maybe it's the Virgo season that's mm-hmm. just making me want to like hunker down and get organized and be organized about something. But like I don't love organizing that many things. So the morning ritual just feels good. Um, but I think in the past, ritualizing my morning had allowed me to like act like I said, it 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 got me out of like like the deepest depression of my life. And now I haven't really been depressed almost for a year. I, like I felt I've had a depressed day here and there, but like it was getting to the point where I was having like depressed like three months at a time, which was just like completely untenable. But now just the ritual is more just like, it's a gift that I'm giving to myself. It's an act of service to myself
1: and mm. it feels good. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that vibe.
0: Okay. Leave us a five-star review.
1: <laughs> Please, <laughs> yeah, leave us a five star review. We will send you our latest remedy revealed, which is going to be about the magician since that was I think
0: that one's condo. gonna be fun,
1: I think so too. Oh, magician energy, just it's magic
0: it is magic, and it's just kind of like harnessing everything within your power to just like create what you yes. want to see, you know, and I'm like, that's like kind of like a lot of the times we think that we like have to like add things like we have to learn this new thing or pick up this new skill or and I'm like actually you have everything you need already just mm. like use it you know that's what I mean so
1: magician magician yeah. is just like using exactly what you have so if you leave us a five-star review we'll send you our remedy revealed on the magician and that's all that's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that's it. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, which we have never used, but we do use Instagram. So you can find us at both of those places, at Vibes Revealed. You can send us an email at vibesrevealedpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Tell us you love us.
0: Oh, my gosh, Taylor. I was thinking, should we share? Remember when we said we were going to look for resources for um, their affordable
1: therapy and then stevie sent us that resource should we share that yes so our stunning friend stevie from what's your sign podcast if you haven't listened to that i just could not recommend it more if you if you like astrology if you're curious about astrology if you are Astro inclined in any way at all. It is one of my favorite, 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 not just astrology podcasts, but one of my favorite podcasts in general. Definitely. Yeah. So, our friend Stevie from What's Your Sign, when we put out the call last week for some affordable therapy resources, Stevie was kind enough to send us this resource. Yes. She sent us a link
0: that offers therapists on a sliding scale. It's openpathcollective.org. There's a one time sign up fee. And then you have access to therapists that work within your budget. And all sessions are $30 to $60, which is amazing because I've been, I've worked with sliding scale therapists in LA and usually that's like 100 to 200 is like the the lower range prices for therapists in LA. So that's a a really good price just to be able to get an initial conversation in. And if you want to carry on, if you're looking for that type of support definitely check out that link. We're going to put it in in the show notes. And thank you, Stevie, for letting us know. That's such a great find.
1: All right. I guess that's it for us. If you have any questions, if you want to chat, if there's anything at all that you need from us, if there's any way that we can show you love, let us know. Now you know all about the ways we like to receive love.
0: Yeah. If anyone wants to be my boyfriend listening to this, (laughs) i'm kidding i'm really loving the single life right now please don't contact me it's like i'm seriously (laughs) cannot with relationships right now i'm like uh maybe when winter comes along but like right now i'm just like no no love for jay she's she's on that self-love shit. i'm self-partnered
1: that's beautiful we love you all. I know I'm saying this is a, This is just words of affirmation here, but if you're listening to this, you're going to have an amazing day. Everything you're working on right now matters. The things you put out into the world are powerful. You are stunning. We love you. We do. Yeah. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye.